0: Welcome to season three of Spotless, breaking the boundaries of television, where creative, technology, and television converge. Brought to you by two Media Trailblazers, Triple Lift, and Advertising Week, Spotless brings you conversations with the industry's boldest and most inspiring voices. I'm your host, Alexis Ruff, and with me today is Mike Florence, Global Head of Planning at Gravity Road. Mike, welcome. Thank you for joining us on season three of Spotless.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Looking forward to going deeper on television Um, looking forward to getting stuck into it. So thank you for having me.
0: Same thing. It is our absolute favorite subject. First off, congratulations are in order because earlier this year, Gravity Road was named Digital Innovation Agency of the Year for the second year in a row. Can you talk about where Gravity Road fits as an agency in the larger market and what led to uh, such success?
1: course. Cool, Firstly, thank you. Winning two years in a row it was quite a moment. Um, it was a, a great start to, to the year. So who are we then? So Gravity Road, we're the strategic and creative studio at the heart of the Brand Tech Group. The Brand Tech Group are the newest network in the industry. And in terms of how we fit into the industry, so we're in a space between big brand-led advertising agencies that are trying to get up to speed with tech, and then tech companies that aren't so interested in branding. And we find ourselves in the middle, middle. In terms of what makes us different is that we aim to create things that people actually want to spend time with. And we do that by really trying to truly connect in culture, completely have a deeper understanding of the audience, and then thinking about how we can bring that to life in terms of a creative excellence. But ultimately, why we're successful is because everyone at Gravity Road is a practitioner. So we're we're all deep into our craft and we all roll our sleeves up and get involved. So we're all on platforms. We're all looking to push platforms. We're all in tech, looking to push the tech. It's quite a flat structure. There's not a, a, a C-suite at the top asking for everybody else to how do we do this. We're all involved, and I think that's been absolutely key to, to success at Gravity Road.
0: I absolutely love that approach. It feels so organic and uh, collaborative. And you referenced, you know, how you how you use your resources, which I think leads right into one of the Gravity Road main tenets, which is time well spent. This is a philosophy that I know you express in your branding and your marketing. Could you discuss as head of global planning what time well spent means to you and, and what it means to Gravity Road?
1: So time well spent, it's our ethos and it—you know it's a great line. It can apply to absolutely every area of your business, but specifically to me, it is about the work and specifically about how we, we offer time well spent to anyone that connects and engages with anything that we put out there into the world. So to to make it happen, we are absolutely obsessed with how audiences are spending their time. So thinking and feeling, which has always been the, you know, it's always the go-to's, how how are people thinking and feeling about this brand when you're thinking about brand advertising. But for me, as Gravity Road, we've moved from just creative strategy and also been able to deliver media and distribution to create an end-to-end service. I'm obsessed with how people, what they're doing, their behaviour. So this, so really, we, we, it's, it's, we spend a lot of our time following where the audiences go. And this can take us to the fringes of entertainment and culture, but also can take us to the mainstream environments too. And we're not sniffy about any audience because you know, it can't be about your own preference and your own cultural or entertainment consumption. You have to follow the audiences. So whatever the brief is, you, it's fascinating. You end up in all sorts of new places that you didn't know existed before. I think, but it sounds, so by keeping up with the changes, we're able to keep connecting with audiences in new spaces and places. And all innovation is, is a a new way of doing something to achieve a better result. And that sounds simple, but it takes a lot of graft and real dedication to keep up with the pace of change and cover multiple audiences. And I think that is really time well spent for us and me especially is the promise to anybody, anyone that spends time with anything that we make, but also how we spend our time in planning about following people's time and making sure that it's time well spent for us too.
0: Do you have a recent project or initiative that you think most embodies this ethos that you can give an example of?
1: Well, uh, yep. So I think one of the really exciting clients that we're working with at the moment is Peloton in the US and the communities in that you know there's a lot. everybody who's got a perception that all peloton riders are the same they're not there's so many different communities that have and each different community might have a different coach or mentor that they, they particularly enjoy and you find yourself just by understanding how people are spending the time leads to such such new and bold ideas that are completely different to anything you would have started if you just went brand out so if you just went brand out first, you'd never end up in the same place. So that's a that's a particular brand and audience that has been really exciting me recently.
0: That's fantastic. Building off of that in terms of brands needs and expectations, how have you seen these requirements change over the course of your career in the agency world? And building on that, what brands are coming to Gravity Road today and what sort of tools are you using to engage them?
1: So I think there's two things. The firstly the real client need is simply how to behave in an authentic way in new spaces. So how do you how where should we invest our time and energy? Like which there's so many new you know as as fragmentation has completely split everything where should you go is it worth investing in time? So I think that's that's the first area. The second area in terms of Something else that I think we need to help clients with is that, in terms of one of their expectations, is I think they've been told data can solve everything. But if you're always, if you always have to have data evidence to try something, then you're never going to invest in testing something new. So, whilst I'm not saying you have to have huge leaps of faith before, and I'm a massive believer in data, sometimes a a, a client or brand that is you know, built strong digital foundations is looking to go more into less performance and more into brand. They're looking for the same metrics that's, that they would have had in more of their performance-led campaign. So in order to test something they haven't done before, their expectation is that the data will be there. Now, you can give it to them for a similar client in a similar industry or category, but more often than not, they want us to predict it for them. And so that actually also becomes uh, trying to... Can be convincing and de-risk the unknown is also a new area that we find ourselves in. I also think like the sorts of things that we're looking to move towards is, is I think it's coming, but I think the the days of the hero hub and hygiene model are over. Where you create one, you know, it's still out there where we're creating big hero films, and I think I think we need. I think that model is going to become defunct. And that we're going to need to move beyond that. There's still a role, definitely, for longer form content or hero content it is, but I think the model's going to slightly change. And I think that's because of attention really. So because of the fragmentation, it means it's harder to get audiences' attention than ever before. So what clients are always come to us, and this isn't just comfortable route, I'm sure it's everywhere, is that clients are coming to us with because they need help trying to understand Gen Z audiences, right? it's what nine out of 10 briefs say Gen Z. And I think what they've realized is, or what we try to tell them is that Gen Z isn't waiting at the end of their mobile phone or cell phone for you to call. They're just not, they're gonna be there. So just by using more mobile led forms of levers, forms of communication, doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna listen. So you know need, and I think that's been a real eye opener to think less brand out and more community first. Community, our audience out. Lots of people say and talk it, but nobody, nobody truly does it. And I really think the very best example of this is probably with TikTok. So that and this is a, I think this is a through experience. But I, what I find it's not a guess, but this is what I think it's happening is that. Lots of senior clients have seen how long, like we do, they're actually seeing in real life how long their audience, their children, spending on a new platform. You know, with TikTok overtaking daily usage of Netflix and YouTube, they're like, oh, my God, why aren't, why aren't we using this? This is where they are. Now, we're TikTok's agency of records, so we help them, especially through their TikTok for business. We help them with the communications so we are, we believe that we understand how to use the platform better than anybody else. And that, and so in terms of tools and data we rely on is that we have a, something we call TikTok Kit. Kit is backwards for tick. So this what it's called that we quite like, but it's an accelerator program. And we find that's really where we're focusing a lot of time and energy because it's not just a new opportunity to connect with an audience in terms of visual, visually connecting with them. There's of course the shop, whole commerce arm. You know, if you, I don't know how much time you spent on TikTok, but Clean Talk, which is a hashtag, a whole strand of activity around cleaning and cleaning products. It's got 41.2 billion views. And then there's booktop, which is is behind the resurgence in bookshops. So this it's so people are coming to us in short to help us connect with audiences in the new places that we find them but in an authentic way but also there's a monetary element which is why it's different to web 2.0 Web 3.0 is, is so exciting because you going back to this data piece you can link new forms of activity through hardwired through to actual sales as you can you know in one step which makes it different and more exciting than this 10 12 years ago 15 years ago when we went through a similar boom i'd say
0: the amazing thing about what you just described is the notion that it's really not just enough to delve into a single platform or type of media. It's really now getting into the heart of how you can explore that more, much more thoroughly. So you mentioned TikTok, you mentioned, you know, getting into the mind of Gen Z. But what are some of the processes that you use at Gravity Road to discover these trends To too do, are, are you all personally working with different platforms do you use case studies how do you how do you figure out then how to how to narrow into the focus that you need to to lean towards
1: so that's a great question so there's two two things that we do so the first thing is we walk the walk I mentioned it before we we spend time on platforms and that's really really important so you have a First, it's, and again, it's not anything new. In the old days, if you were trying to advertise a yogurt, eat the yogurt. You know, it's like this, it's no different, but people don't seem to be doing it as much. So, spend time on the with the tech that we're talking about. The second, the, as part, so that's the first thing: is like time with the practitioners. Secondly, is about talking to. The, the media owners, the media, and I don't like to call them media owners, I call them partners. They are so they don't just own the media, they partner with us. They know their audiences better than anybody else. I always think that media partners have been kind of like in the hierarchy or at the end, they're not. They're very much on a the level. They can, we can work with them to understand their audiences because they know them so well. And that's that has to be the future. So the balancing of the relationship has to change. And then also I'm a great believer in picking up the phone and actually speaking. So there's one thing emailing, there's one thing research, there's meetings. You have to pick up the phone and actually have to talk to people. It might be a video call, but I'm still a fan of the more analogue behaviour and whatever it might be. And to- talking to people is really, really important. So that's the first thing in kind of a, a few different ways. The second thing is we have a process at Gravity Road that we call uh, gravitational forces. But what this is, is that we think that advertising is... Uh, it's hard enough to influence an attitude or behaviour through advertising if you find yourself going against the grain of an audience's natural behaviour. So if you're trying to get an audience to do something and influence them at a moment when let, you're trying to make them happy and they're sad, or you're there, it's not the right moment, then that's making it doubly as hard. So gravitational forces are a, a process or... The, the sort of a planning process that we use to try and understand when, how, and where people are naturally drawn towards things. So that might be media, that might be culture, that might be entertainment, that might be commerce, that might be mindsets. And there's no set gravitational force it all all relies on whatever the brief is for and by looking at things things that people are naturally gravitated towards to solve a brief it's much more stimulating for our creative teams and therefore it very much becomes everybody talks about right moment right message right time that really is true but it relates to what in making sure that you're in line with those natural gravitational forces so by understanding those, to back to your original questions, how do we stay up to trends, you look at the gravitational forces, you look at where people are spending their time, and then you go deep on those areas. And that helps you hoe, and that's why a new business is brilliant, because that's when you always, go, you always go deep, don't you? You always go deep on something to try and understand it like better than any of your competitors. And we use the gravitational forces to try and have a bit of a competitive advantage, because it's all based in audience behaviour but the right audience behavior, because you're not trying to get, go against the grain of what they're doing.
0: Innovative enough to not be scary, but uh, still be impactful and, and doing that via all the resources that you have at your fingertips. On the note of these resources, new platforms, new apps are launching not just every day, but every year, every month, and audience patterns are constantly shifting. From what we have experienced, how are brands thinking about this ideal media mix?
1: So how are brands thinking about their ideal media mix? The first thing is, is there's a bit of a problem in that line and that's because there is no ideal media mix. So that's based on, and the reason I say that, and I'm not trying to be provocative, although potentially I am. Is, no, you found, um, you found us
0: out, you, you, uh, that was a test. You were
1: not fall for the booby trap. Brad, people are still thinking in holistic channels. And therefore, by thinking in holistic channels, you start to think about what's the right mix. So AV versus social television versus social. And the, the if you're still thinking in if you if you're still thinking in holistic channels, you're missing a trick. And I say that because with so many unique screen experiences, thinking in channels is pointless. And I, I believe that the terms social and TV are almost redundant. And that is because if, if you think about social, that's gaming, that's TikTok, that's YouTube, that's Depop, that's LinkedIn, you know, that and they're very, very different experiences that offer brands different opportunities and ways of behaving within them. Grouping all of those together just seems, doesn't seem like the right thing to do. And that's only going to get it's only going to get more fragmented, more fragmented. So for me, the most important media mix is the right connections at the right time based on those gravitational forces that I spoke about. And that means there's no formula because every brief is different is what I said. And really the the only, the real mix is the is whatever delivers attention as an outcome. But lots of brands and clients are still thinking about what's the ideal mix. And they're definitely moving more towards, they're following the people, so of course, the gen z as i said is, is pretty much every brief at the moment which means they're going into digital forms of advertising but then you say digital everything's digital now so it's kind of like what's digital and then they say well social you know, What's social so actually you start to think about who are the right partners for clients in order to engage with an audience and the right mix of partners we believe is a better question
0: so on that right mix of partners, because I think I, I clearly just learned the answer, almost the next question, which is that the approach that one takes for a campaign to reach consumers is not a it's not a recipe book formula. Are you finding that there is any success to going more all in on one type of platform or uh, is it really just completely a bespoke formula or not formula for every brief that comes across your plate?
1: So I'll answer that in two different ways. For some briefs, there's clear partners that can really help them. They can help them scale. They can help them connect with audiences in a degrees of different touch points in all the different channels. Like I just said, we weren't magical channels anymore. But there is actually an approach that is, if you stand, there is actually an approach that I do, I have been witnessing for the last two years that I do think is part of the future success for, for growth for clients. And that is... I believe the future is about community first, not channel first. So what do I mean by that? It's What I mean by that is about delivering a campaign that drives fame upwards through communities and scales from the ground up through communities versus the traditional method of fame down through television. I still believe there's a role for fame down and it might be a mix of both, but I've certainly seen I mentioned TikTok but lab bible as well there's lots of opportunities where you can deliver you can scale a campaign frame up and it will deliver better business results and get an audience's an audience noticed in a way that sometimes fame down doesn't allow them to but it just takes a bit more i think it's a slow it's I think it just takes it's a medium term camp solution as opposed to a short term solution because you need to take time doesn't it to grow to grow and build with a community.
0: It seems like a lot of this is about uh, prioritization or more specifically reprioritization in the same way that with television, you know, it's not so much about the channel structure anymore. It's really about the quality of the programming brings people in. And now we have such a choice of where we can go that you're really reprioritizing the user, the end audience as the focus and everything falls in from there.
1: Absolutely. I think uh, since the, simply put, because of the attention economy, the you, well, I'm, a, I'm a media plan, a planner through and through. And when I felt fir- the first definition that I looked at in my careers library was, is the, is I able to advise on the best connection within an audience for the least amount of money. And that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed in well, 25 years. So it's like, that's still what we have to do now. So it is about prioritizing. I think some forms of advertising are weaker levers than they were before trying to get somebody. It's so difficult to get somebody's attention. I think that sometimes you can become so close to the brands that you're working with that you, you might think there's a bigger role for them in audiences lives than what, what, what that naturally is. I'm not saying that some, I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative about that. It's just that understanding, understanding the role for a brand in people's lives and the right moment to talk is more important than ever. And therefore how you prioritize and deploy your efforts and your investment is really, really important. Probably more important than ever before. Also, as we shift to new ways of reaching audiences, it's a scary place. It can be. But personally, I think it's incredibly exciting. And now that the commerce is there through data, I think that it will be is, I think, I think there's going to be an acceleration into this space, and we're going to see lots of. Different clients and new brands grow really rapidly because, because they're able to, but through a new model essentially.
0: So you alluded to this concept a little bit earlier of that social and television are you know pretty much the same concept now. Since this is a podcast about the future of television, what does television mean to you? Is it is it just a device in the living room? Does it still have the significance that it that it does as a as a medium? What what is television? for for you
1: so firstly i absolutely love television it film it depends on how everyone to say but film and tv content brought me into the industry in the first place i absolutely adore it in terms of the future of tv i see it something as bigger than ever before it's certainly not going anywhere but i think if we unpack what we mean by television it changes it's already no longer the, the big screen in the front room although we do know that People still spend a lot of time with that screen in the front room. But potentially, it's not always live. It might be through catch-up, or there's different ways in which they're using it. But put simply, I think that a TV is just any screen where people are consuming rich content. And at the moment, that format is generally landscape, but I think it's going to be vertical too. I don't think vertical is going to take over in... in in the next 3 to 5 years but i think i think vertical forms of television content a thing that is a thing that's not very far off and i think certainly in the uk and i know in other markets people have already recognized this and they i think it was probably about 10 years ago where planning teams moved from tvrs to so television rating points to avrs to so audiovisual rating points and I, th- I think that was a major sign that things are changing and I know I've spoken about TikTok a lot in this call, but there's that whole thing about as seen on TikTok now, isn't there, as, a, as opposed to as seen on TV, which is essentially the same thing. It's an evolution. I could say this as seen on TV on TikTok could actually be, is actually what it's saying because it is still a form of TV. So that's where I think it's going. I think it's, it's incredible. The content is only going to get better. And I think the more, there's only going to be more screens I think there's a big future for it, but our marketing definition of television will change, no doubt.
0: So, does that mean we'll see vertical forces soon as a uh, as another uh, spin-off from For Gravity Road?
1: It's already there, certainly. It's already, there. <laughs> <laughs> it's already part of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So now, at this point, good for viewers. Every major media company has its own streaming service. As more of these AVOD and SVOD services pop up. What does this do to the advertising market?
1: So what, so what it does is it certainly changes things, but depending on which market you're in, in which country, it's already here. So if we look to the US, it's connected television has already got significant scale. Fire TV, Hula, DV360, you can now reach an audience at scale, fame up, not just in social channels, but through the big screen in your television. As opposed to the fame down. So I think that's the first thing. We call this as part of Brand Tech Group, we call it a social slingshot, and that we fire films communication into the connected TV space at pace because the connected TVs can give it scale beyond some of the other players in the social space. In terms of what does this mean? I don't think plug and play is that far off. I think I think there's going to be a mix between. Advertise uh, so I think it's going to be a mix between clients and advertisers using this the fame up and fame down so working with plug and play for some and then and they might reach a uh, ceiling and then they might need to you work with some of the the big sales houses it really depends what market it's in what I do know is that the traditional fame down model is, is the, the 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 use by date is probably uh, rapidly approaching on that and if you're not already using social in combination with linear tv you're i don't know where you are i mean especially little people are doing it so for christmas campaigns don't they often if where there's already interest in a, a brand to see what their christmas films going to be like they'll launch it on social channels first anyway which is essentially a similar combination of what i'm talking about and that's been around for a long time too So I think it's going to make things extremely exciting. I think there'll be new players. I think there'll be new, more agencies. I think it could liberate some clients for the plug and play model that potentially wouldn't have been there before. And it will mean access and cost to inventory will will reduce, which means there'll be more people there, which will make it even harder to stand out, which means gravitational forces will be even more important.
0: That is fantastic news for uh, your growing group and initiatives. So... With the changes that these streaming services are doing to the market and to our dynamics of how we watch, the industry is continuing to see innovation in forms of advertising. This, this could be pause ads or interactive ads, in-show formats and product placements. What is Gravity Road doing with brands to consider and eventually test these innovations and have them be part of the, the regular cadence of advertising initiatives?
1: So. What we're doing was we, I spoke about partnerships earlier, before, earlier on, and I think partnerships become even more important every single year. So what, what we're doing with brands is we're trying to get them to stop thinking about which channels do we work with, and we're trying to get them to think about partners, but specifically, which partners have got the right ecosystems in terms of content for you as a brand. So a really good example of one of our clients, which is Hotel Chocolat, they have a hot chocolate-making machine called the Velvetizer. Which essentially makes a barista sale hot chocolate in your home. So perfect for the pandemic. Now, they didn't have the budget to work with all of the, we, in the UK, but it's also in the US, but the UK examples, we couldn't work with, we didn't really, we couldn't have an additional approach where we just did set levels of TVRs with four or five of the major cell houses to try and deliver a standard one plus coverage curve. I called it the cold one plus coverage curve out there into the world. What we wanted to do is work with one partner, create an ecosystem, put some sort of uh, data capture feedback loop in place so we can understand what audiences were doing. And what we actually did to innovate is we delivered a campaign through connected TV, which is all four for Channel 4 in the UK, and then also linear TV two. So we worked with Infosum, and then we used Brand Match to understand firstly, which audiences were watching which programmes on all four. And then what that allowed us to do is the behaviour. So this, I'm not talking about specific format, but we innovated by understanding through data and connected TV, TV, the behaviours that our audiences, the right audiences, were exhibiting in the online space. And then we used that to actually make decisions in terms of our linear approach. So fundamentally what people were watching on all four became our programming schedule for the the broadcast channel. So that's how, I think that's, and nobody had done that before to my knowledge and, and I've not. So I believe that was a, a first. And I think it's by understanding those ecosystems and working with them. That's where true innovation is going to come from. And that is, that's what we aim to do. Now I've used a television, a television example here, but I think it will work. In many different With many different partners, as these partners scale, and they might—they're mainly scaling through social channels, right? So Channel Four, as just mentioned, have now done the deal with YouTube, where that's not going anywhere, which has scaled their reach. And you can now—if so, funnily enough—if I want to use YouTube, I can now use Channel Four as an ecosystem to be on YouTube. So, I th- and again, it's—it's it's not a channel anymore. It's not a TV channel. It's an ecosystem, and the right partner for Hotel Chocolate and for us. So that's the sort of things that are exciting that we're interested in.
0: Exciting from an innovation perspective, exciting from a hot chocolate perspective, which always is is what I'm very happy to talk about. As we wrap up, we like to end our conversations with a prediction on the future of television. Based on all of the growth, the data, the trends or the bucking of trends that, that you've mentioned that we're seeing to date, what do you think the future holds for brands in CTV specifically? And how do you foresee brands navigating this space moving forward?
1: So I think there's there's four things I think come to mind. The first one is as connected television scales, more and more clients will move to this fame up model that I described earlier. I think that's a given we're already seeing it. I think it's going to scale very quickly in the next two to three years. So com, and I think they'll use a frame up model but then they, they'll boost their 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 drive incremental coverage through linear TV but probably live by adding programs that's got high live, live viewing like bake off or something like that. Love that show. The second thing is sponsorships in broadcast television, I think it will become even more scarce as everybody takes them and takes them for longer. Way of either ensuring like that frequency, I think frequency will become important, which is why sponsorship will be more important to, to get in notice with all that fragmentation, frequency or well, frequency is going to be required in order to be seen. So I think, and they're already really difficult to get, like the the great sponsorships are really hard to get hold of. And sometimes it's perfect timing on the renewal. I think they're going to be sought after more than ever. And then I think TV will continue to move into new spaces and places. So if I just think for a second about what really excites me, and what does augmented reality TV look like? So what's the screening? And, all, and I, I haven't said the metaverse for the whole of this call, but it's because, again, it's where it, people are already there, gaming and social are already part of the metaverse, and no doubt they'll become further further on. So what does augmented reality TV look like? And then it makes me to start thinking about, imagine a secret cinema-esque Stranger Things augmented reality TV event. That's, for me, the way in which television could go, probably will go, and I find that, I find that, mind-blowing but in a good way where i'm super excited to be in that space but i think whatever happens there'll be more screens in more places and those screens will be smarter so i think overall to wrap things up i think the future of tv is a really healthy one we just need to shift as as practitioners in the industry we need to shift our view of what the definition of television is And start to think about how we can truly innovate in new spaces and places by just following an audience's behaviour and making sure that we deliver them creative experiences in those spaces that match the quality of what they're watching on those screens in the first place. So, yeah, it's going to be good.
0: Well, we cannot wait to see what happens in the future of television, in the future of Gravity Road, in the future of Mike Florence, head of global planning and innovating in all these different spaces. It has been such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for all of your insights and thank you for being on Spotless.
1: Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for listening to Spotless. To hear more from our guests, Find us in the Apple, Spotify, and Google podcast stores. Tune in next week for more from the boldest voices across creative technology and television. I'm your host, Alexis Ruff. I love TV and I hate camping.